these are my friends. Scary song. My yellow friend. It's just to take the stage. Ah. My blue friend. You'll barely feel. That means my yellow friend already taking effects. See how fast my friends work? Very scary intro. It's supposed to be a reassuring episode about medicine. <laughs> that Kyle Brown Watson didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> wow, this red is really uh, saturated yeah. on camera. Welcome to Question Block. Welcome to Question Block. I'm Aerialist, and who are you? I am uh, Dr. Wires, also known as Alex. Uh, if you're listening to this because it's now a podcast and this is a recording, just an audio recording, I'm wearing a very tight-fitting uh, white coat dressed like a doctor. And I am a doctor, <laughs> but not a medical one. Um, and you are? <laughs> and I'm an Aerialist, and I'm dressed like a nurse. <laughs> yeah. So, uh We'll start. We'll start with the disclaimer that nothing in the, the ensuing no. ninety minutes of this show is medical advice. Neither of us is qualified to give it. Please don't listen well, to us. You know, <laughs> you're a trainer, so you're qualified in that sense. I mean, we did a lot of research, though. So all the stuff that we're saying I just, I just is don't, to I just the don't best. Want to get sued if someone we tell. Someone, oh yeah, don't sue us. Someone's like, I got these leeches, and now I have parasites, and we're like, yeah, sorry. Um, don't sue us. I think I think if you say that, it's like sue the us. patent. It's like saying a patent yeah. thing. We have a trademark. Good, we yeah. have a good yeah trademark. Also trademark. Also, don't sue us. Also copyright. Um, <laughs> so I think we got our bases covered, in you know, for the inevitable lawsuit that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> So we are and hello out there on Twitch. We got a, we got a handful of viewers on Twitch. Yeah. Too. So, so, oh, go ahead. Oh. I was gonna say, uh, my nurse here and I are gonna talk about the history of medicine. We're gonna talk about the latest medical advancements. Um, it's been and like, yeah, there's like a couple of cool things that happened in medicine in the last year. So maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, also, the oldest medical advancements. <laughs> what? We're going to talk about the newest and oldest medical advancements. We're out to you. Medical advertising. And we've got some, uh, we'll see how it goes. We're going to let people call in with their particular, like, physical malady. And we're going to give them advice from a random century. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So if it's, if you get the Middle Ages, it's going to be bloodletting and leeches. Probably. <laughs> maybe. Or amputation. Yeah, amputation yeah. resulting or in maybe, death. Or maybe it's because you uh, smell bad that you're sick. That was a yeah. miasma, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, vapors. <laughs> Killed a lot of people back in the day. This The smelly lines. <laughs> yeah, that's what smell lines are. Yeah. Disease. They're, they're humors. Uh, well, do you want to kick it off and, and start with a little medical history? When did... Who, who even said... My body hurts, and I want to do something about it. Um, Who was that? Well, so in uh, 2600 BC, the Egyptian... Imo- not, not older than the pyramids. Right. By the way, right. as we know, pyramids... Pyramids, 4, they, were, they didn't know what sickness was. Actually, probably the people who built the pyramids... <clears throat> We're like, ow. Yeah, <laughs> but- I'm sure they were like, my back is very sore from pushing stones without using wheels. <clears throat> um, but this is like 
so Imhotep describes the diagnosis and treatment of 200 diseases. This Imhotep. So, yeah. In in hieroglyphics. So it was like it was like I, you know, for podcast people, I'm sorry, but I'm doing I'm I'm being hieroglyphic right now. So it was you know, guy going like this, yeah, upside down bird, forehead, upside down bird, sad bird, <laughs> angry bird, Long bird, mummy chasing people, nice, yeah. Um, All right, so the Egyptians basically were they were on it even back then. Yeah. Um, um, then in 500 BC, the Egyptians also they used medicine kind of knowledge of the body for the mummies. Yes, right. They certainly knew enough to like take out your internal organs. They did, yeah, and actually they discovered that, uh, incidentally, they discovered that sand was, like, a very good uh, preservative. Mm. Um, oh, is it true that they thought the brain was just, like, a junk organ? Yeah, they, threw it out? they did. They Actually, this was a theory for a really long time until um, Galen, because Galen was, like, the first guy to do dice, dissections, and although all of, a lot of his stuff was, like, extremely wrong. Um, when was he? Oh. Wait, wait. I don't there's jump one, ahead there's the one guy like right before him who's kind of like important. Wait, but I want to know how long people went around thinking that brains weren't like useful. Um, so Galen was born in 130 AD. Okay. So let's it. say a little bit so after I'm, that. So up Egyptians till then, 4,000 The brain years, was trash. <laughs> Your brain is trash. Ew, the brain. Yeah, save, I don't think so, honey, the brain. Save the heart, put the liver in a canopic jar. But the brain, yeah. no way. Okay. So, what, um, so who came along after Imhotep? Uh, Hippocrates. Under Hippocrates. Exactly. The Greek father of medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, he, he uh, begins the scientific study of medicine and prescribes a form of aspirin. Um, and uh, How did he make the aspirin? Uh, he probably shaved some bark off a willow tree. Yeah, willow bark. You can make your own. Mm-hmm. DIY. Pen, D- TikTok. I have. Co- <laughs> I came across some, like, it, it wasn't, what was it? I guess, like, a medium post or whatever. Maybe it was, like, a Tumblr. But it was, like, a how tumbler. to make your own, like, your own natural headache remedy. And someone was, like... This is ridiculous. You're like, all you're doing is combining a bunch of chemicals that you just get them from like random plants that are outside rather than like a chemical company, which is like specifically like manufacturing these compounds. Um, but just to make the point, yeah, even like Chinese natural remedies, like it's, it's all chemicals. Well, not like, really. Ch- Chinese, don't hate on, don't hate on Eastern, Eastern medicine. It's awesome. I'm talking about like the broths and potions and stuff. Not not acupuncture. Um, Okay. So Hippocrates had, there's two main contributions. Uh, What? What did he One is people assume that he wrote the Hippocratic Oath, but then there's also people that assume that he did not. What's the Hippocratic Um, Oath? The Hippocratic Oath is an oath that the oaths that doctors take today is based upon. Um, they don't say the same oath that Hippocrates is assumed to have written. Um, because that oath starts out by saying, like, I I swear to, like, Artemis and Apollo. <laughs> yes. And you it lists... swear to a hundred different 100, gods. Yeah, and then after that, it's like, and also all the other gods. <laughs> it's like, what? Mm-hmm. And it also... 
it says, um, it never says do no harm. That's like the general vibe. That's what everybody assumes is the Hippocratic it Oath, is that it's a one that. sentence oath, yeah. do no harm. Um, it says there are some key points in it, or like interesting points. Like it's more, it's nuanced. Yeah, it is. Well, it, because every medical school comes up with their own. Um, and so like if you went to Columbia, yours might have been like the Columbia Hippocratic-like oh. oath. Uh, if you went to like... I don't know. How do they uh, write their oaths? I, the, the the guy who founds the medical, or a girl who founds the medical program at the school. They're like, here's what you got to promise. Yeah, they, they come up with it. And then I guess if... Uh, I like the idea that it's regional. Yeah. They're like, to, yeah. be, to be spoken in a Boston accent, if you like go to Harvard Medical. I, uh, like, oh, yeah. I uh, promise. Let's treat the Irish. The broads, <laughs> you, I will not touch any broads that come in here for, for medicines. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, rat X, rat. Yeah, hey, you're talking about medicine. Um, <laughs> Woohoo. Oh, wow. So, yeah, uh, the w some reason why people think that Hi Hippocrates might not have written the Hippocratic Oath is because it says don't do abortions and mm -hmm. it says don't don't do surgery. Um, and Hippocrates had like detailed instructions, like step by step, of how like to do the wiki how. Yeah, yeah, he was like step one. Um, oh, so people are like there's no way. But there might have been a mistranslation, which. Um, he might have just been like, really please try not to because at that time those those things would have killed the person. So, um, yeah. The, so maybe it was like avoid. Um, but some things that are pretty common across like all these oaths are yeah don't sleep don't sleep with your patients. Um, one thing that is actually not comp that is an olden timey thing is that doctors had to teach for free, but their students had to give them money whenever they they needed it, or like had to like put them up in their like crib. a charity a charity system. Oh, they had to treat people for free, but they could get paid by their. They students. did. They were like clergymen, pretty much. Like they were. They oh. lived a very like pious life, but everyone supported them because, yeah. yeah. Because they're uh, out there. Yeah. They're out there caring people. The other thing that Hippocrates came up with is the, the um, or I guess he like helped to come up with, um, is the four, the four humors. Which is a wrong idea that was around. Until, Forever? Until like the Victorian era. Until, <laughs> until like the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. Walk um, us through, walk us through the four humors. The four humors. There's kind of like the seven dwarves. Yeah, so there's slapstick, right? <laughs> there's like the situational. There's dark humor, there's which dark. actually no, that is that is one. So there's <laughs> blood. <laughs> there's mm. blood. Yeah. Um, phlegm. Uh, yellow mucus and or yellow bile and black bile. Yeah. Um, and these humors were associated with temperaments and also like kind of like symptoms um and they were thought to like all have to be in balance i don't yeah. know what proportions they thought the body was made up of. i think they were like they equal proportions know. yeah um 
But we actually use the these like terms to describe but they had a great like the personality like test flag- based on your phlegm phlegmatic i think that's like a temperament right and then there's yeah. like i mean i guess bloody oh sanguine though that's mm-hmm. a it's also kind of like a sanguine is chill yeah so so blood was associated with youth <laughs> and yes. the summer also seasons she has a blood like temper um very chill so if and you phlegmatic is energetic i think yeah, so yeah. if you well so if you were <laughs> if you were like lethargic um er, er, lethargic sorry if you were uh hot and sweaty <laughs> then you would get bloodletting for example so like if you had a fever they'd be like too much blood we have to let it get it out um I think get the other the bile's out. You would they would give you poison and then you would <laughs> you <laughs> would you would just like uh. you know it'd be gross It'd yeah. be really gross. I don't know the phlegm. Like I don't know what the what the phlegm. They make what would you blow make your you... nose, probably, or like that maybe cool, like a, they like neti pot you. Yeah, to like get your phlegm out, maybe. Yeah. Or like, yeah, I don't know what they thought the yellow phlegm was. Maybe they would do ear candling for that to like. Maybe yeah, that sounds that like the wax. nicer the nicer ones. Yeah, I mean, probably what they do is like slice your lymph nodes open actually, on your legs. <laughs> I think <laughs> so I have like, a chart. Out. They're like, all right, it should be good. Yellow phlegm is in check. Yeah, there is. A, I have Yellow a chart uh, in here. So, oh, good. so the humor blood associates with the spring and inf- infancy. Well, it really is air. like a zodiac chart. Yeah. So if you're being, you're being, you're being infantile. Oh, hey, frog speaker. Hey, frog speaker. What's up? We're talking about medicine. We're talking about the Aerosol four humors. About, yes, the four medieval humors. <laughs> Telling some jokes. Um, continue, continue, Nurse Ariel. Uh, so. Yeah, blood, spring, associated with infancy, air, the liver. The qualities are warm and moist, and the temperament is sanguine. Your qualities are warm and moist? The qual, like, like so if you were, is. like, had a fever, you know? Okay. Like, um, well, who knows? Yellow bile was associated with summer, youth, fire, the gallbladder. It was warm and dry, and... Col- uh, col- collar? I mean, that sounds like a nice, like, vacation getaway. Colleric, <laughs> though. And Gross. Colleric. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Um, not now. Okay, there we go. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so cholera bad. Makes you yellow. Like the yellow yeah. bile. Got it. Black bile was associated with autumn, adulthood, the earth, your spleen. The qualities were cold and dry and me- melancholic. So I wonder, yeah, if you were if you were depressed. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they would just give you like a laxative. But you're saying the black bile, they're like that's like a yeah, it's like emo sounding. Yeah. That's why it's black. Um, phlegm was associated with winter, old age. The element was water, brain the brain and lungs. The qualities were cold and moist. So I guess like if you were cold and shivering and like clammy. Mm-hmm. Um Phlegmatic right. was the temperament. Okay. Gross. Um, All right. So, yeah. So that formed the basis of medicine for the next uh, roughly 2,000 years. Yeah. Um, I will mention one more, like, super olden time. So we're going to talk about, like, super olden timey, olden timey, 
regular olden timey, semi olden timey, and then like These are the various, the various eras okay. of medicine. Okay. So one more super olden timey. Um, a guy <laughs> it was Galen, um, and he was a he was a physician uh, to he, the to was, the to a lot of like gladiators and oh, he, stuff. Was he Greek or Roman? Yeah, uh, he was. If he it's was gladiators, Roman. probably Roman. Roman. Well, no, he was he was a Greek physician to gladiators. Okay. Uh, the Greek side gladiators. Whatever. When? Um. So he was born in 130 A.D. Oh, he's Roman. Yeah. He was a Greek guy who was a Roman subject, I guess. Yes. All right. Um, one thing that was really funny about he was like the first guy to do dissections. Um, and dissections, like they became uh, illegal and then like unillegal and then illegal again for a long time. And that actually stalled like the Catholic Catholicism or, or like the church in general. It really it stalled, but it also helped medical develop there are some ways that, that it helped medical development but for well, the most part it do stalled. dissections but at the same time just by getting them to not practice medicine they probably saved a lot of people because medicine mostly just killed people yeah <laughs> until like the 1800s yep. it was it did more harm than good um so galen he was the he would you know dissect a lot of like an- animals um and and apes and one of the Bad things that he did was like, uh, he said, "Yeah, apes. Everything inside apes is like the same as humans." And people were like, "Pretty accurate." He's well, kind of, but not because people people Why? regarded his work and his drawings as like, like God. Like they, no one debated him. So if there was if they like there was a problem with someone and it didn't go along with the drawings. Um, they would say, oh, this person is bad and wrong. And, like, not, you know, not that they're sick or they're, they'd be like, oh, this so, person. So, like, the problem is your arms aren't nearly long enough. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have the physique of a chimpanzee. Well, also, he would draw the, these anatomical things on, like, he would draw it as if they were from humans. And I'm so sorry that I don't have pictures of this. But they were like very sexy, like hot gladiators, like ripping their skin off and being like, here's my lung. But it was like a chimp's lung. These photos sound fantastic. Yeah, we got to <laughs> they were, we yeah. get some prints. Um, get some prints for the studio. For the, yeah. <laughs> I mean. That's wild. And yeah, you can, it, they're very like, they were like, hello, like here's my, here's my insides. But they were like chimpanzee insides. like a hot man um so yeah he kind of yeah i mean really until you get to like the germ theory of medicine 17 1800s like all of this all of this stuff is really ill-fated it like didn't help anyone yeah i mean well yeah um there were there, (laughs) there were a lot of like interesting little Little it, a lot of medicine like comes like people forgot about it like it came and went like and then it came back and people were like oh yeah like scurvy. We'll get to scurvy. scurvy yeah. yeah, scurvy's been separately cured like five different times in history because the the British Navy kept forgetting the cure to scurvy. Yeah, which might have been because they all had scurvy. <laughs> Probably. Um. Oh, a, another little like tidbit is that the 
cesarean section, right? Everyone. Thinks, so the cesarean section was. Thinks it's named after Caesar. Yes. He was born. Julius. Well, he was not born, but a hundred percent was not born by cesarean. Well, 99% because you never know. We know. But um, was not born by cesarean section because his mother lived. Um, and there's numerous, like hundreds of accounts of like his mother being around. Um, and the, the yeah. mothers and a, did not a, live. It was a fatal procedure back then. Yeah. So it is actually now thought that his like, I don't remember what Caesar he was, Julius Caesar was, but uh, whoever the original Caesar was, they they think that like he was he was born by cesarean section and then that was named that he was named after the procedure and not. But the procedure already existed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Caesar just means, I mean, it came it's to like mean to king, cut, I think, right? right? But yeah. I think it also meant to cut. Yeah, yeah. It was just like the name of the procedure. So isn't that interesting? Yeah. So they named the guy after the procedure. Yeah. How about that? Uh, how about that? How about them apples? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, oh, what yeah. Are you, are you drinking anything this evening? Oh. Do you have no? Yeah, I am. Uh, your hydrating beverage. Mm -hmm. It's mercury. Wow, look at your stainless steel. <laughs> You're drinking mercury. Yeah, it's one of the one of the. Uh, yeah, like one of the royal. One of the early cure alls. Yeah. Was that the London Academy of the Royal Royal Academy of Sciences? Yeah. And people have been drinking mercury uh, and lots of different like stuff that you shouldn't drink and eat for centuries. <laughs> um, I think. Yeah, and ancient, I think it was actually ancient China started the, like, eating of, of, uh, of or drinking of, of mercury. Um, just because it looked so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, like, this can't be, <laughs> surely this is fine. Yeah. Um, um, let's see, there's. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, when we get to the plumbing episode. But, the right, plumbing. Well, the word plumbing is, the root of it is, is plum, which is lead. So just oh. making lead pipes, like running water through them and then drinking out of them. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. um, little so side, it's a little sidetrack for you. Let's see. It's a little extra guess, knowledge. So these are all th like uh, doctors and like people that have to deal with with, like, uh, like medical innovations are cool though, right? Yeah. There's like the Ben Franklins or like the, you know, well, people who just came up with like basic, like reasonable things that, that Leonardo, Leonardo da, da Vinci was. So after like people were like, please do not dissect. It's, it's illegal. Leonardo da Vinci was like, I'm going to dissect human corpses. <laughs> and you can't he, stop me. Yeah. And he had, uh, he had people like, search like go out and search uh for bodies for him and then he would like he'd be like oh this is just a canvas i'm you know stretching like with the body under it and he'd like take it and have to dissect it in private <laughs> um yeah because he he had like his great his famous anatomical studies yeah yeah. And then people were like, how did you draw this? And he's like, I'm, I'm uh, like the Alex Gray of, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just took acid I, from my imagination. Yeah. Well, they, they did figure drawing back then, too, though. That was still a thing. So that was but they're funny. like, how did you know what it looks like inside? And he's like, well, beats me. Just a lucky yeah. guess. <laughs> um, um, well, you have on your list there, you do have the invention of, of spectacles. Yes. Oh, in 1250. my favorite. Yeah. Early, early Middle Ages. 
Yeah. Came up with the idea for lenses and putting them in front of your eyes. Although, did you know that the earpiece for glasses, like that concept, is just a few hundred years old? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so for like, since what, glasses were invented in 1249. Yeah, so for the first like 600 years, glasses just pinched on the bridge of your nose very tight. Oh, So like yeah. the whole a pince nez, like that whole thing is like, that's what glasses were. You would perch them on your nose and they would squeeze your nose and then you'd like get a headache after 30 minutes. But that's everyone's nose was snatched, honey. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the concept of just like using your ears to hold them up didn't come around for, for several hundred years. Um, so should we, I'm wondering, should we go through all like the doctors and stuff and then go through Ooh. back through all the diseases or should we start talking about diseases along Let's with talk about your diseases i mean we can talk right the microscope invented 15 wait because the plague is like gonna Jansen. come really soon it was kind of going on it didn't plague start up like 1300s it, it like came and went oh yeah a bunch wait of times. i have that hang on i have a you're gonna consult your plague diary no i have my my like pandemic my pandemic sheet okay go find your i'm gonna go grab materials. it I'm going to grab my pandemic sheet. You can, you can say stuff. I'll just talk. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the plague, like, I mean, was around throughout European history. And, like, right, pestilence and other issues are, like, kind of just as soon as, like, humans started having cities because they didn't have good sewage, um, they, like, got all these diseases, basically, um, with people living close together and not having proper hygiene. So... The plague, though, specifically bubonic plague, was, like, especially pernicious. Pernicious? Yeah. Spread by fleas. Oh, my gosh. This is so tiny. Okay. Fleas living on rats, which were kind of, like, all over every major European city at the time. Okay. That was 1347 to 1351. Oh, my God, so The tiny writing on this. I know. Uh... 1347 to when? To 1351. That was the first wave. The Black Plague, they like came and went a bunch of times because the last major plague was like 1660 in London. Oh, there was well, also was the plague Europe. of Justinian, which was, uh, which was in 483 to 565. Yeah. That was like the, one of the first. Was that bubonic plague or just a different one? It was the plague of Justinian. The Romans, like, yeah, if you were a Roman centurion or whatever, too, like, consistently, like, over half the time you died from, like, a disease rather than dying in battle. It's a really common theme because also in many of the wars that, at least world, especially World War One, a lot of the casualty, like, casualties are, were from uh, the Infection. influenza. Oh, yeah, in Spanish flu. Well, that's what I'm... I was trying to be PC because oh, okay. like the every person's flu. Oh, yeah, influenza. Um, but, yeah, because prior to antibiotics, any, any like, skin cut actually could be deadly because they didn't have soap and water. Um, so, yeah, really easy way to die back in the day. Also, toothaches, major problem. If you got yes. a toothache, like, it was probably fatal. Cause, yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Ooh, should we talk about your favorite thing? Hmm? Trepanation. No, we'll get to that. That didn't start, <laughs> up. That didn't start up yet. No, it, it did. It did. Like, it's been around forever because <clears throat> they found skulls with these, like, perfect holes in them. Where did they find Like, in some guy's basement? 
Um, well, they found they found some in France. Uh, they found some skulls in France, in and a, then in a cave. Then once one person found no, it was like some guy was. I guess he was like standing around in like a trench or something, and then he was like, "Oh my god, a human skull!" <laughs> and uh, yeah, that sounds like something somebody would say if they had, blue if they had cut a hole in another human skull. Well, he was he was smoking a cigarette because he was uh, French, yeah. and uh, some of his cigarette ash fell into this perfectly okay, perfectly into a round dug hole. Grave. Yeah. No, in the human, perfectly round hole in this uh, skull. And he was like, oh. Well, um, yeah, so I don't know. Tell me about the next major advance in history. We're up to, what, 13, Wait, we're going to skip over the, we're going to skip completely over the, the plague? Oh, tell me more about the plague. The Black Death? <laughs> so I, yeah, the Black Death. I don't know if this black is, death. is the Black Death a history of medicine or just history of, like, misery and people not really figuring out what to do? Well, so this talks about the the theory of like miaz- miasma, I think. In quarantines, called. I guess. In quarantine started then too, because if if you were sick, you would yeah they would they would uh, like yeah. lock you up, but they but they would often do it with like other sick people because they ran out of room to like it wasn't like everyone had their own apartment. They were like all the sick people in here. Yeah, and they did not necessarily realize that you shouldn't hang out next to dead bodies. So, like, once a word, <laughs> yeah. they would, like, collect the dead bodies on, like, wheelbarrows or whatever. Like, in olden time movies or whatever, right? It's Seven Seal. The yeah, Seven, seven Seal. seal. Yeah. yeah, and they're just, like, kind of cart them to the edge of town, just, like, or dump them into the well. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, bur- they would burn them, too, which that was probably. Yeah, let the vapors and the smoke spread over the whole town. But they yeah. thought that germ the or or disease was carried by bad smells so that's what you see like the plague doctor mask with uh with the you big know beak. the big beak because they would put herbs and things that like smelled good in that beak mm-hmm. um and and usually a, a priest who was a doctor the priests were doctors and they would wear those and they would like um the treatments for the or treatments air quote like the how they would try and treat the black death. I don't think anyone really survived the plague. Like just, I mean, yeah. a bunch of people just like didn't get it really. Right? I mean, like, if you got though it, it though, ever, you were. I think you I were think, pretty much dead, right? No, I, I think it's like it's like any disease that you would get, right? Some people get mild cases of oh, it actually, or whatever. It's not like one hundred percent fatal. <laughs> this, Some people recovered. This it's it's actually. It will tell me. It tells you how many. Um, I think I heard the stat. It was like a third or half of Europe like died from the Black Plague. Yeah. So let's see. What is this little thingy over here? Let's see how many people. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of circles and lines in this chart. Yeah. It's pretty complicated. I don't know. It doesn't. Well, it says that that uh, 25 million people died from it okay yeah right. um i think we can agree that plague gear was awesome we don't have to get to the exact statistics because it's a history show it's not an economic show yeah uh yeah it doesn't say oh i guess so i at these circles i think me there are these like different circles they i think they mean like how deadly it was and so this that looks pretty circle deadly. big or small 
It's Some pretty. Size. It's pretty big. All it's right. looking pretty big. Okay, cool. It's um, no. It's no influenza. It's no influenza, but it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, um, they didn't really come up with a way to like actually cure people though. Uh, you just kind of mitigate as best you can and try to keep them from spreading. And uh, yeah, you would get. But it sounds like the. It sounds like one of the scariest ones because like you get like. These black, like... You get the boils. The boil, boils. Boobobes. You get yeah. boobobes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they would, like, burst open and they smelled really bad, and that's gross and scary. And a lot of people thought it was the wrath of God, so they would walk around town, um, like, spanking themselves with, like, whips. Kinky. So kinky. That was another... Yeah. And I was yeah. Like, you, should go, you should go rest. What are you doing? Yeah, because they, they were, like... I'm bad. <laughs> Ow. God, look, I'm punishing myself so you can stop <laughs> killing. Um, yeah, they made like a big uh, a big parade, a big like to do about it, you know. Yeah, Seven Seal is probably the. They did have that in the Seven it's Seal. It's a very, it's a, yeah, weird film, but it does have the plague. <laughs> you want it has chess too. Sort of, sort of about the plague and you, chess and acting. Just like Wu Tang Clan. Mm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. um. <laughs> good, good summary. Yeah. I do want to. We can talk a little about. Can we, if we can jump to sixteen, the like sixteen fifty six. Your favorite. Your favorite. Sixteen sixty. This is an era I know about. You, but, yeah. Uh, this your is, favorite. Favorite time. Sixteen sixty nine. That's well, this, your favorite. This is like when the Enlightenment was really taking off too, and like the particularly the British finally like got on board because nobody cared about them before then. They the were British like a dumb, dumbass <laughs> island nation, uh, and then they like got their shit together, and so Christopher Wren, who was a British guy. Uh, I guess discovered or invented the idea of transfusions that you could like take blood and he like put it into an animal. So he experiments with canine blood transfusions. So he did it with, with dogs and they did these insane experiments where they basically like tortured dogs <gasps> in incredibly grotesque ways where they'd be like, what if, what like, if, what if we give the dog a cold and then give it blood? From another dog. No, they were like, they were like, what if we cut the dog's head off while oh, continuing no. to pump blood to no, the head? No, no, no. Will, will its voice box continue to work? And they're like, what the hell? <laughs> what? So there, there's actually, I, I read this uh, historical fiction book called Quicksilver, based, and like he's a character in it, but like it's based on, I read the author wrote up, he's, he went and looked through the proceedings of the Royal like College of Scientists or whatever, and they like, even the scientists there, like they all grew increasingly disgusted with it. And they like would do the, they'd meet and like do these experiments where they like just have these screaming dogs where they're like killing these animals and stuff. And everyone's like, we're going to leave the room. This is awful. And uh, oh, yeah. so yeah, Christopher Wren kept it up and it was like sort of useful. He kept but it up. At a certain point after like several years, they were like, okay, we get, we get, we know like the, we know all the limits of like he what will kill sir. the dog versus like what will work. Like, can we maybe give it a, give it a rest? He was a sir too. They knighted him. Oh. They were like, please stop with the dogs and we'll make you a knight. Just Yeah. They didn't actually, it. the, that like Royal College of Scientists, right? Which included like Newton and like. The Illuminati. They invented, they invented calculus. Like a bunch of like very good, cool stuff happened or like Hook, like researching stuff. He was the first person to observe bacteria like with a microscope um it's his i don't think he's even in Lewin hook anton von oh, Lewin. Lewin hook. sorry yeah 
It's his name sounds like that ice cream, that vegan ice cream place. Discovers blood cells and bacteria. Anton van Leeuwenhoek. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so they they had a lot of yeah. The British at this time, late 1600s, had a lot of technological advancements, but not really pushing medicine forward. It still was terrible. Wait, were they? Um, was that that was like the the uh, Illuminati like society in yeah, from hell? Exactly. Yes, my one of my favorite crappy movies. <laughs> it wasn't them, but it's close enough. Is uh from hell about uh, Jack the Ripper, but they have this like secret society that does surgeries and stuff like that. And they do lobotomy. Okay, this is a, stop. You're, you're going to confuse people with you telling them about a fictional movie. No, but they do lobotomy. That's like, yeah, they, they do like trepanation. Also didn't work. Wait, well, we're about to get to the part where medicine starts being helpful. Okay. Um, yay! <laughs> 30 minutes into the show. Woohoo! Like, okay, but it wasn't all bad. Um, so what, where would you like to jump in there? Oh, I was going to go with Jenner. All right, let's do it. And we're now in the late 1700s. So in 1796. Oh, sorry. One of the scurvy, one of the scurvy cures was discovered in 1750. Citrus fruits. But then they forgot about it and rediscovered it like 30 years later. And then again, 40 years after that. They were like, make sure that you pack citrus fruits when you go on these like sailing trips. And they were like, okay, okay, we'll do it. And they did it for a little bit, and then they were like, "It, I don't know. It's like a game of they telephone." Forget. And then they're just like, "All the all the sailors are like, we've been like eating, really sick. We've been eating Fruit Loops. I don't yeah. get it. Like, yeah, we've we've been drinking rum and eating Fruit Loops, and we uh, we still have scurvy. And then mm-hmm. and then later on, they were like, they 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 said fruits. Um. Yeah. So finally, late seventeen hundreds. So Jenner. Jenner with smallpox. So originally the, there was this idea of like they were they didn't call it like vaccines but it was there was an idea of um you would like infect young children or like babies with uh the scabs of like tiny scabs of like the disease of of uh, yeah. smallpox the concept of immunity it it was around they, but like, it, it it's with. it so Jenner like when he was a I, you know, a little kid, they they prepare you for these, I forget what they call them, but these uh, immunizations, I guess. Um, and so it's it's a it's a week of like purging and just like everything, everything out of the body. And then a week of like, you know, uh, warm baths and like herbs and stuff like that to make sure your body is like ready because uh, like I think 50% of the time, you'd give the kid uh, this disease and their body wouldn't be able to fight it off and then they would just die. So they would like break the body down and then try and like build it up kind of like a, a cleanse. This is for smallpox? This is what happened to Edward Jenner when he was younger and he was like, it was one of the most traumatic, as for any kid, you know, at the time, it was extremely traumatic. And he was like, this sucked. Like, I did not like this at all. Um and so later later in life he um was observing that milk that milkmaids tended not to get smallpox um and he was like hmm maybe that's because they 
they get like a mild they get a mild case of cowpox. <laughs> yeah. So there is another disease that milkmaids would get a lot that was very similar to smallpox but much more mild. Yeah. And so they it was a pox also, I guess. Yeah. I guess a pox is just you get you get little little, little bumps and little rashes. Bumps. But like this is pox. so this is the lore also mm. of why milkmaids are like so sexual and hot <laughs> and beautiful. Because, because they, they wouldn't because you would often if you got smallpox you would have scars all over your face and, you know. Oh. And milkmaids, they, they would get one on, like, the back of their hand because they get the cowpox. The milkmaids had great skin. And big tits, and we love yeah. them for that, and they <laughs> okay. serve beer. Yeah. So <laughs> Jenner was like. That's barmaids. But also, also milkmaids. milkmaids. That's milkmaids sort of milkmaid serve, top. serve big pitchers of milk. <laughs> Pour it all over them. <laughs> um, so. Okay, it was a milkmaid. Yeah, so. <clears throat> uh, there is this this milk milkmaid that you know she she's like oh I have cowpox and she's like do you want to like take some of my cowpox and and do stuff with that's it that's not how it happened <laughs> <laughs> it is no. yeah it is I swear that is not and so he took some of her her like little scab on the back of her hand mm-hmm. and he he was like great I will put this I will hold on to this until I find a young a young boy who's never been infected and who's who's a clean slate mm-hmm. for me to do my experiment on. Yeah. So he eventually he found this this boy that he was looking for and he like he's like okay I'm going to give you a little cut <laughs> again. <laughs> what he found this boy he was like where did you do your research? <laughs> <laughs> I'm making I'm making this. I'm making history accessible. I am this. <laughs> So he was like, they're never going to forget. Finally, he found this boy. He found a boy. And he was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna give you a little cut. I'm going to put the scab inside of it. Um, and then I'm going to observe how you feel. Yeah. And the nothing happened for a week. And then after a week, the boy was like, my armpit hurts, which is where they put the, the scab. They put the cut in his armpit. Um, and... Yeah, and Jenner was like, interesting. And then the next day, he was like, the boy was like, I, I feel kind of weird. I feel weird. And Jenner was like, okay. And then the boy like slept. And then the next day after that, he was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and Jenner wrote to, wrote to his friend and he's like, I, I've got it. Like, vaccines. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, people didn't have to go through the scary process of like oh hey Anne. Anne's and, on Twitch. Anne's on Twitch. Yeah. And thank you for your for your for lab this, coat. This lab coat. Yeah. So all right. So Jenner developed vaccines. That was a, a really humanizing story that you told us. Yeah. Name. Um yeah. And then what happened? And then um the stethoscope is really interesting. That's in there. Oh, yeah. Rene Lenek. Lenek. Cool thing about a stethoscope, you can make it yourself out of a, just a cardboard tube. If you just hold it to somebody's chest, you can actually still hear stuff that's going on inside their body. That's um, going the on. The neat thing, well, the, yeah, I mean, the, like a lot of these inventions, right? Like the Ooh. glasses, for example, too, and the stethoscope is that, like, could have, stethoscope especially could have been invented at any time in human history, but it took until 1816 for people to figure out, like, Oh, if you listen to like what's going on inside someone's body, you can tell things about like 
if they're sick or not. You have to start like li- listen, uh, listen to your listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Um, right. Oh, there's also Sir Humphrey Davy. Dave Davy discovers the anesthetic the anesthetic properties of nitrous oxide. Whippets, everybody. <laughs> um, or laughing gas. Yeah, yeah, nitrous. I guess. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, because before that, if you had if you had to have surgery, which again you would probably die. Um, it was very, very it painful. Yeah. They, I don't know. They like. Wait, when did you say that was? That was in 18. That was 1800. 100. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff, I guess, was developed and useful during war. In the Civil War, I think they still were just giving you like, you'd get whiskey and like bite the stick while they like amputated your leg. They'd right? smack you. They'd be like. <laughs> You yeah. can't you can't feel pain while another nerve is like sensing pain. <laughs> yeah. Slap you in the face. <laughs> Stop hitting uh, yourself. Stop hitting yourself. So, <laughs> oh wait, you can't because we just when cut this... off your arm. <laughs> nice. Let me see the prop. When do they when do they start using ether? If you have nitrous? um is that so that? well actually can I just say something about you know my profession which is the nursing the mm-hmm. nursing profession the Civil War actually had a lot to do with that because. <laughs> With ether, no, with nurses. Okay, why? Um, because they because there was there was like a basically before that, uh, a lot of the nursing stuff came from nuns, uh, and at this time there was like a shortage of that going on, and so they just needed like extra help, and uh, they they actually put out like ads for. They were like, yeah, but we kind of want, like, older, like, less attractive women to be nurses because, like, we want the hot ones to, like, stay behind to, like, maybe not die or, like, you know. Also, uh, there was a lot of – they were, like – when nurses wore black at that time or dark colors. um, So they would look like nuns. Yeah, and also they had to get rid of the hoop – their hoop skirts – because that was sexy and also, and they didn't want like anyone to be distracted, but also there was like a incident, I think where one of the like hoops got caught on like a, a uh, stitches. Wheel. No one oh. like stitches and like ripped it out. And it was a, it was a nightmare. Um, so yeah, nursing really like had its big startup during the civil war. It's big like rise. <laughs> Okay, this one became a thing. Yes. Um, there was a lot of work that had to do with nitrous for the in, in the 1800s. There's like... Wait to the next page. You're already at the Civil War. Yep. There's like... <laughs> oh, wait. Elizabeth Blackwell was the first woman to gain a medical degree from Geneva Medical College in New York in 1849. We should do... We should do an interlude or something. We should do... Do we have any games? Any games? Yeah. What do we got? I don't want this. We don't want to do a straight 90 minutes of history, right? We should break it up. Oh, any games? <clears throat> Let's see. Um, do you want me to cure? Yeah, I'll give you a malady and you cure it. You okay. tell me the cure. We should I tell you what on... disease you have too? Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Are we deciding what time period or, or am I picking the time period based on the disease? Um, or malady yeah i guess based on i don't know based on the mal like uh 
Yeah, I'll think of, let's see, I'll say, um... <clears throat> okay, I get... <laughs> so, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm really, ha I'm having trouble sleeping. I, like, stay awake at all hours. I'm very irritable and jumpy and, uh, and, like, I, I yell at lots of people. I'm very short-tempered and, and angry. Um, and I feel a real lack of creativity as well. Oh, so you must be from the night. This must be like from, I guess, the 1950s onwards because emotional stuff didn't exist in medicine be really before. Oh, fine. We'll, we'll forget <laughs> the lack of creativity. It's just I'm, I'm jumpy and running around and yelling at people. And uh, you must be a doctor. <laughs> Are you going to diagnose it? Um, you have dancing sickness. <laughs> when, when did dancing? When was dancing? You must be a woman. I'm gonna give you. Um, I'm gonna give you morphine so that you can. You can. You must have mania, mania, and I will give you morphine. I'll give you morphine, so and that you I'm can gonna jerk shut you up off. and go to sleep. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna manually masturbate. I'm gonna you. masturbate you. <laughs> okay. uh, correct Hold answer. On. Actually, it it was. Uh, Caffeine addiction from drinking too much coffee in the year is 2015. Damn it! Oh, this is what you always get me, but um, uh, yeah. You've now addicted this woman to morphine, but she is satisfied. Oh yeah, it's like oh, this is like Oregon Trail kind, kind of. of. Yeah, yeah. If you you have died of dysentery. Buttered roll. What's up? We're talking about medicine. I'm about medicine. Medicine. Um. Yeah, this is like we're about to get to like my favorite time Your though favorite because my era? favorite doctor ever, the doctor from the Nick, and also the first trans doctor. Oh, let's just talk about them. Get to it. Um, dun, dun, dun. the first. Oh yeah, I have I have like so many notes in so many different places. Wow. Let's see. Um. Eighteen seventy. Pasteur establishes the germ theory of disease. Oh, the germ. Wait. Also, pasteurization. Yeah. A way to kill germs that are living in your milk. Whiskey, whiskey cures. Whiskey, uh -huh. not pasteurized, but the alcohol content does kill germs. So preserves that's well. True. Actually, and that's what a lot of people used to drink, just whiskey all the time. Instead of because they were like, it's healthier than water. Well, yeah, and beer. Beer and tea and coffee are all solutions for that, right? So, like, yeah. Faithy Dark can talk about whale stuff, but <laughs> wants to know if there are filters. Oh yeah, there's there's no filter there's no filters. Um, what do we? You mean you can turn on a filter? No, no, like like you can say whatever you want. Oh yeah. Oh okay. I, I thought they meant like uh no. Okay, let like, me handle this. <laughs> no, not those. <laughs> okay, I'll let you figure it out. All We're going to learn about whales? Whale doctors? Maybe. We'll see. Let's see. All right. The request has been sent. All right, let's see what happens. Let's, oh. let's go with it. Hmm. Oh. Oh, they're not ready. I think oh. they meant... I oh, for your face. You, oh! I told you. All the filters. Okay. Oh, for your face. Um, Let's see. They're we right there. There's a button that I pressed is the filters button. Just go pick one of these. Okay. 
Hey, we can Should be flamingos or something. I don't know what's going on. Pick, I don't know. Hit some of this. Ooh, we're <laughs> cartoons. Whatever that one is, is cool. Okay. There's like okay. snow. So pick a good one. And then Wait, I like this cartoon looking. That's a weird one. All right. For those of you on Twitch, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can see us. You can see the Instagram feed in the corner uh, to tell what's going oh, on. Oh, here we go. This one's cute. <laughs> Butterflies. Butterflies. Okay. All right. Yeah, why, man, we could have been doing this the entire show. <laughs> I need all the filters. I was like, you can say whatever you want. It's fine. I, I know, and I knew that's. Hello. Oh, hello. Sorry, I'm like in the. You're in the dark. dark. It's. I know, it's creepy, and we're going to talk about creepy whale stuff. I love it. Mm. Okay, cool. Maybe that's a little better. Oh, God, I'm terrible. You, you look here's, nice. Here's you look, the filter thing. Where's yes, the, it's a little it's a little smiley face with like the sparklies coming off its head. Yeah. Oh, well, we each get our own filters. All right, I see it. All right. Yes. All right, that's weird. All right, go with that. It's like nice. it's like cute eyelashes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Okay, so do you want me to just jump into it? It's all, it's like maybe two minutes tops. Oh yeah, you can. This that's is. Not my notes. So. This is your platform. Okay. Now, so in the 1700s, it starts with a little story. So in the 1700s in Australia, there were some men who were walking on the beach, um, and they came upon a dead whale. These men who were probably drunk, definitely drunk, <laughs> I Australian. think, um, one of them just goes ahead and plunges into the dead whale carcass, and his friends are like, that's not good, so they try to get him out, but it's too hot and, like, stinky, so they just wait it out and hope for the best. Um, and two hours later, the dude emerges, and not only is he sober, but he's cured of his rheumatism, or so he says. And after this incident, the so-called, like, whale cure thing became a thing, and there were seaside hotels in Australia that would like advertise these whale baths almost like a, a Turkish bath um, and and people would come from all over to do this um, unfortunately the like gross part is that it, it did involve killing a whale like they would go and kill a whale oh. um, and then they would cut holes in the whale um, so that people could be like stuck in with just their head sticking out. Oh my uh, god! The goal, ideally, was that the lower part of the, the the lower part of the human body would be sucking all the way into the whale's intestines, which is Ooh. nice. Um, for the best effect, you want to be inside the dead whale for twenty to thirty hours, <gasps> and the whale should be dead for about forty hours before you spend your like twenty hours inside the dead whale. Um, and it, so in the early 20th century, this this petered out. But up until then, it was considered legit by scientific and medical circles. Um, and the thought now is that, um, like, the combination of heat and being really tightly wrapped up in there produced, like, a sauna effect. Oh. Um, like a like sweat box effect. So it was basically like a really natural uh, sauna. Mm. Oh, wow. And that's it. That's that's what I know about um, oh. dead whale 
this is fascinating. I mean, yeah, this is that was incredible because we we like looked up so much stuff and did not come. That's amazing. That's yeah, and it's it's. I guess it's also like compression, the comp- you know, I compression, like that it, I elevation. Like that it works. That's my favorite part. That's, yeah, that it weirdly works. Maybe the oil, you know, the oils, like the, the fats. Lists, so like I have so many aches and pains. Right? You like put like count me in. Yeah, let's right? see. seaside. Oh, well, you get a lot of omega three fatty acids probably. Right from the from the whale carcass. Yes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess uh, Jonah, Jonah of Jonah and the whale, he was just like doing splits. He came oh. out, he was like kablam, he was like kablamming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shablamming. Yeah. yeah, he was probably feeling, feeling it, like feeling good when he came out of that whale. Yeah. So, yeah, man. <laughs> when, did you, when did you do this research that you, that you had this well, story it's, ready? It's, it's not my research. I, I owe it entirely Dowdy, who does Ask a Mortician. I don't know if you've heard of it. She does this amazing podcast. It's called Ask a Mortician. And she talks about all sorts of weird death-related things. Um, that like, like weird questions that people might have from morticians. But she's also a historian, so she talks a lot about like death throughout history. Mm. Um, and this was one of her one of her podcasts that really caught my attention. So I just, I watched it again and I brushed up. I took a few notes. Um, but yeah, I, I can't take credit for the research, unfortunately. Well, you, I mean, you, you did the research of the research. So yes, you did the research yeah. for us. And yes, I did. new podcast too. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we, yeah. we listened to, yeah, uh, check me out. Anyone here's like into weird, weird death related stuff and weird, cures for stuff especially she does a lot of like, medieval studies a lot of weird shit happened in medieval times yes. so, yeah. well, thank you for having me <gasps> thank you thank you so much is there anything that you yeah, want to so welcome that you want to going like on and off i i yeah it's like down, there it's it was like, i love it's like the mysterious <laughs> like um, and this actually is a, a newly a podcast, so you don't you don't need any filters for that. So uh, we'll send we'll send it to you when it's uploaded, and then you can then you can share yeah. it, and then people can do research on your research of the <laughs> it's research. Just the story that gets passed around. Um, yes. Yeah. Is, awesome. Is there anything that you'd like to like plug or say or any anything you want to put out there? Gosh, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it. Um, like my like plugging myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yourself. Go <laughs> it's not happening. Like weird, and I do have all sorts of random weird like death information. Um, but I'm teaching virtual private lessons at the moment. I teach Lyra. I teach yes. flexibility and Lyra and conditioning for aerialists. So if anybody on here is also interested in that feel free to check out my instagram page dm me yes. slide in there do it because nice. you have an amazing instagram page it's so good ah oh. so yes. yeah and if i'm back when i'm back in new york as you guys are i hopefully you get back up and running i would love to be in one of your shows oh we 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 will be back up and running and you will be in that that is the future that we have told 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, I, I, I would love to. Oh, we would love to have you. Yes, it's yeah. Oh, yeah well, sea you'll cut yeah. Sea right shanties, now. right? Sea shanties yes. on TikTok. Yes. Um, I love it. I love it. Yes. And uh, oh, oh. Thank you, again. Thank thank you, you so much. much. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, and we'll do, we'll do another death-ish themed kind of creepy, spooky thing, and we'll uh, we'd love to have you back Sounds on. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. There we go. Oh, my goodness. This is our medical correspondent, Faithy Dark. Yeah. Listen, oh, that was so interesting. Some info let's, about let's healing baths inside well carcasses. I mean, yeah. See? Yeah, I'm like looking at up, these. Why didn't the Greeks come up with that? Why didn't, with filters? You know? No, no, with filters. Other <laughs> oh, filters do make you look better. Uh, I'm like, what's this? Ooh, we have purple, purple hair, hair now. Hair. Wait, what's the flamingo one? Does that turn us into flamingos? I like our purple hair. Um, <laughs> I think, are we going to be in a, no, a pool floaty? It makes it just look kind of orange. Oh, we look like we have too much blood. Let's do a bloodletting. <laughs> ah, uh, we look sanguine. Yeah, that's. <laughs> we should cure the diseases that we have like from these filters. Oh, yeah. Like the butterflies that we had before. Yeah, well, like, oh, what will the butterflies be? I mean, that's like whatever Joan of Arc had. Oh my God. I don't like that one. Creepily <laughs> sideways. I don't like that one. Too dark. I don't know what's going on All here. Right. Very airbrushed. I like that. Whatever's it's going cute. on. It's cute. It looks cute. Everyone um, on Twitch is bored by this. Yeah. So sorry about it. Um, well, let's continue with your oh your history. Yeah, I was just looking at You're up coming my... up on the, the 1900s when everything gets exciting. It's Wait, when the Nick takes place. It, it is. Wait, can can I can I talk about the barber pole? Oh yeah, because that happened in the seventeen hundreds. That was in the that was like Middle Ages. Well, I mean, sorry, it happened in the thirteen hundreds, but then up to the seventeen hundreds. Okay. So the barber pole. Why do barber poles? Why are they spirally, as they are like red and white or red, white, and blue? Okay, this is wild. And it was it's so crazy that you, a doctor, didn't believe I didn't believe this. I didn't believe then you played for me an explanatory YouTube video, which I still didn't believe. And then we had to look at the Wikipedia. And then Wikipedia also confirmed. Oh, it. it was a whole thing. This is wild. Okay. So uh the barber the barber pole. Do you mind if so, grab, grab a beverage while you talk? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> do you need a, do you need seltzer or anything? No. No, I'm great. I I should be grabbing you. I'm the nurse. I should be like doing yes. the things, right? Okay. So, um, actually, so in 1163, Pope Alexander II prevented popes from being doctors because he was like, I don't really enjoy the bloodletting. I think that's kind of like against God. So. No popes can be doctors anymore. So that really opened things up for barbers. Um, <laughs> barbers, were, you know, they were like, we cut hair. Uh, now we can be doctors as well. We can we can do some bloodletting. Um, we can use leeches to do this. Uh, we can also uh, pierce people and let their blood out when there's when there's too much of it. Um, and so in their shop, they would have, um, they would have 
a pole that people would grab onto um, to make their veins more prominent with a with a bucket under a little bowl underneath it for the blood to run into. And then this pole also had a, a like a ball at the top, like a terrarium for, for their leeches to be kept in. Oh, now yes. at the time the aqueous leech dome. At the time, barbers would barber surgeons would advertise their services by putting bowls of blood outside. Uh, you know, just to, on the windowsill. Yeah, just on the windowsill and also strings of teeth because they would pull teeth. So they'd be like, look at what we can do. Um, and yeah, and, and that's just the way that they would advertise. Um, but in 1307, it became illegal to have this blood and teeth like thing. They were like, you have to just throw that that junk in the Thames right after, you, yeah, you know, dump it into the giant sewer. Yeah, because that that's clean. Um, and so that, you know, the barbers were like, hmm, what to do? How can I, but how, how can I promote my services? So they would take the, <laughs> you know, a sign or picture just won't do. They would I take mean. the bloody bandages from, cause like you'd get your blood let and then they'd wrap you with bandages like compression. Right. And so the bandages would be like red and white striped and they'd wrap them around this like pole that you know they'd wrap and they put the pole outside this the shop to advertise their services um and then over time you know what though here's the thing i this this just connection just came to you like a barber like you would go to a barber and they probably like cut your nails like and they like cut your hair because it's getting too long like you're producing too much and like <laughs> the the fifth humor hair Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're what? like, what? Where is that theory? The, like this? <laughs> they're like, they're like, I'm here to like your body's going to overproduce. Stuff. Maybe they exfoliate you. They're like, your body's going to produce a lot of excess stuff that you don't need. They, I'm here to they, pare it down for you. I'm gonna trim they, your fingernails, toenails. They jerk you off. Cut your hair. <laughs> get six, rid of the yellow humor. slum or whatever. <laughs> yeah, get get rid of your bile. Um, <laughs> yeah, where, why wasn't that like? They did enemas too, right? Didn't the barbers also do enemas? Yeah, that was one of the that was one of the humors that they were like. It was one of the to get your black bile out, I guess, or whatever. One that they the, do enemas, <laughs> and they're like one of the biles. So that's why. So they're like, yeah, bloodletting too. It's like your body, it's it's going to produce too much blood. We're going to have to just like your hair. We need to trim it. We need to get reduce your blood <laughs> yes. amount. Okay, continue. Sorry, I just I'm, I think I'm, I understand the philosophy of why they thought barbers <laughs> should be doing bloodletting though. Well, they had tools. They had the tools. They had like they're like you, <laughs> the got, only guy, you got the scissors. The only guy in town who has who has scissors. <laughs> That's <laughs> sharp stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so they were like, okay, so this like whole, you know, the taking the bandit, and they got the they got to hang that that pole with the leeches and everything outside every day, and it was like so annoying. So they're like, why don't we just make like a fake one of these, and then we can, like stick that outside? Yeah. So they started doing that. Then, um, so pole covered in bloody bandages with a, a ball at the top to represent. The leech terrarium. Right. And, and, uh, <laughs> and a ball at the bottom to represent the a blood bowl, A bowl, a sort of a little like the, flare yeah. thing at the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, and so in 1540, the barber surgeon company, so that they were like, okay, barbers can only extract teeth now. They got to stop like doing the other stuff. Um, so they were like, barbers can have a blue and white pole and surgeons have a red and white pole outside. 
you know, to yeah. like separate. Still, still not much, <laughs> much difference between. But then in 1745, the two trades were officially severed. Get get the pun. Nice. Uh-huh. And this is like, um, I guess before dentistry was really much of a thing at all. Yeah. Right? So the they were formally were separated. It. And so they were like, you know what, barbers, you can just have the pole thing. You can, you know, surgeons will... They'll yeah. have a red cross or something. So um, <laughs> next time you have to pay $1,000 a month for medical insurance, you should be indignant because these are really just glorified hair salon technicians. Yes. But in uh, in in London, England, Britain, England, mm-hmm. I guess, barber poles are just red and white. And in America, we kind of were like, we'll be a little patriotic. We'll slip, we'll slip some blue mm-hmm. in there, you know. Um, but yeah, the reason there, if you would, if you recall, the red and white was the for the surgeons. And so, like, when they severed the two practices, the surgeons were, like, they felt bad. They were, like, you can have our cooler-looking red and white one, mm. you know. So, yeah. Also, uh, the even back then, you wouldn't call them doctors. Like, the calling a medical professional a doctor was actually. Insulting. No. <laughs> At the time. I'm kidding. It's I'm kidding. to the doctors, probably. Yeah. They'd be like, how dare you? Like, this I'm is a pope. A, this is a barber. <laughs> yeah, this is a barber, and I'm a I'm doctor a at Oxford College. Yeah. Um, but yeah, doctors adopted as the medical profession became professional, uh, and it stopped being just the guy with the scissors. Um, I don't know when that came about. Probably is like 1700s, 1800s. Is when like physicians. Uh, or, you know, medical professionals started calling themselves doctors and they became like, came up with an accreditation system and like medical college and all of that. But it is funny that, I don't know, not funny, but in the modern day, you think of doctors are very like highly trained professionals. They're very smart people. Um, but it's just because their profession itself has moved just in a couple hundred years from being done by barbers. Yes. Ah, so we're going to talk about our two favorite doctors. Okay. The first trans doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and William Stewart Halstead. <clears throat> first trans doctor was James Berry. Yeah, we'll talk about James Berry first. Mm-hmm. So uh, oh, I have in, a different favorite doctor. These are your. Two oh, these doctors. are mine. Okay. So James Miranda Stewart Berry. Was born in seventeen around because they didn't have birth certificates. They were like, eh, probably <laughs> around seventeen sixty nine. Um, this is seventeen sixty nine, give or take twenty five years. It's like everyone was just an orphan back then. Um, they didn't really <laughs> they didn't know. Yeah, yeah until uh, July eighteen sixty five. So. Uh, James Barry, uh, J- James Barry was born Miranda Stewart um, and really wanted to become a doctor. <laughs> and, of course, that was, like, not allowed for women. So um, her family was, like, very, ch- very cool. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, so we're going to figure out a way to make your dreams come true. Um, we are gonna send you we're gonna send you abroad to go to medical school you're gonna decide disguise yourself as a man and then you can go to like malta um to as a woman where they were allowing female doctors yeah how is this not a movie it is it actually is and i forget the name of the the movie i forget the name of the movie 
Um, oh, sorry. It, it, their, their name was Margaret Ann Buckley. Mm. I'm sorry. I got that wrong. Um, so they, oh yeah, I was looking. So they were going to have, they were going to have Buckley at that time go work under Francisco de, de Miranda. Um, Francisco de Miranda. Yes. Cool, cool name. He was a general, right? right? Um, but by the time, by the time Buckley, <laughs> who is now James Barry, got out of medical school, Miranda was like a political prisoner. So that they, they were like, all right, going to have to be a man. <laughs> In Malta? Um, I believe it was Malta. I'm just double, double checking. All right. Well, that's fine. See. So anyway. Well, the first. The so Barry went on to have an illustrious they, they career. Went, uh, so they, yeah. So James Barry, they went to Cape Town, <clears throat> South Africa. That was like the first major place that they went. Um, and there's actually a town in, in South Africa that's named after Barry. Is it called, what's it called? Barry? Barryville? It's like Barryville, I think. Uh, so then they went to Crimea. Um, they like were basically, they helped stop a cholera pandemic in Malta. Um, they also had yellow, they got yellow fever um, and then they got cured for it. <laughs> and also successfully uh performed the first cesarean section where the mother and the child survived. Mm. Um, and yeah, lived, the, lived there his entire life uh, as a man. Um, and no one, no one like found out anything. There was like, he did have a trusted friend um, and sort of, sort of like, uh, intern <laughs> who did, you know, helped him out with everything. And, uh, that, that intern probably knew, uh, and would, was said to, to give him like six towels every, every day along with his clothes. Mm. So that was thought to like make his shoulders more broad. Oh, pattern. Um, yeah, right. he also would he lied about his age? This is another reason why they're not quite sure when when he was born, um, because he was he said that he was like thirteen uh, when he was or yeah when he was like in his twenties, just because he was very he was a small, oh, very small, a small person. pretty looking boy. Um, but Florence Nightingale actually was like famous nurse. Yeah, Florence Nightingale. <gasps> Florence Nightingale was like. James Barry was the hated James was Barry. such a jerk. <laughs> like she was like, I have literally been through everything. Um, Florence Nightingale said this after James Barry was dead too. Yeah, right? speaking ill of the dead. Yeah, and was like yeah, that was man. Yeah. Like she was like, forget the war. Yeah. Like that man was the worst. No. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they used to put all the teeth from psychiatry. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we are going to talk about. Psych oh psychiatry a little bit as well. Um, I didn't know which, that. Yeah. How cruel. Yeah. Yikes. Dr. Wires, despite being a doctor, gets very cringy when it's like matters of the head, of the head things all happening the, all the to the skull. Teeth from the psych patients. Yikes. Yeah, that happened in um in um 
from hell, my favorite Johnny Depp movie. You, they they take the <laughs> yeah because most people love pointing out historical inaccuracies in films. Oh, and it's and it happened in the neck too. You can't get over pointing out that the bad movie from hell has some historical accuracy. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, but it happened in the neck. It happened in the neck to the um They pull the teeth from a psych patient? Yes. Yikes. Oh my god, they're boxes with pliers. Oh, that is insane. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Yikes. Hello. Faithly Dark says she worked in a 209 year old psych oh, hospital. Oh, you love Sucker Punch. Yes. Oh my Easily gosh. We have so much a, to talk about. Like, and we're going to have to have a whole yeah. psych episode. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um. So in, in, in the Nick, they do that. And we'll talk about the Nick soon because we're going to have to talk about... Uh, Dr. Halstead. Well, he's the next chronologically. Yeah. The last but, doctor that I wanted to talk about was Fleming, but he's like 19, 19 late 20s to 40s. Um, but yeah, for, uh, for, doc, for James Berry, when he, can I say like just really quick about mm. the, about the, yeah? About what? When he died. Sure. They found out that, um, there is, he was like, I want to be buried in the clothes that I die in. I don't want any, like, nothing fancy. Just put me straight in the no ground. No touch my no body. One, yeah. Nobody just, go just, feeling around for things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there is, you know, the, the woman who <laughs> was you're in, like, but he died of dysentery. So they were like, we're going to have to clean yeah, him. Yeah. They were gonna like, him up. this is a respected <laughs> doctor. Like, we can't, we can't just bury him, bury like him in these, these poopy clothes. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, you know, there's, there's this woman who is, uh, yeah, preparing him to bury him and uh, was like, wait a second, like, wait, wait this is wait. this is a woman. Um, and then... This is just a bunch of towels. <laughs> <laughs> Sentient towels. <laughs> Stuffed into a man suit. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, she, it's really good. And then, she, uh, yeah, she was like, also, I, I think this, this, woman has had a baby before mm. um and when con mm -hmm. she confronted the like the servant that would or the the intern that would go around with him yeah. and um the intern really wouldn't say anything to it and like actually very recently all of all of these like discoveries have been confirmed yeah um you're saying in the record in the records barry had a mysterious sister who appeared a young a much younger sister who just appeared on the scene and it is now that that person is confirmed to be do you think your daughter barry had the kid with their assistant there was another doctor that i think yeah mm. there's like another doctor this yeah i can't believe there isn't a uh, you said there's a movie but it would yeah this well, in, we have to this watch in it. itself would make it. a pretty great television series that should be a character on the nick if they ever do a season three well they're not quite they don't quite line up time wise 100 percent. yeah they're no. like they just missed each other they're like sailors passing yeah, the, in the, the nick pulls in people from anywhere you know well this was in, like end of the, the 1800s too. this was like end of the yeah Okay, yeah. so then let's talk about your other... William Stewart Halstead, um, yeah, who was born in 1852 to, and lived to, uh, oh. to 1922. I guess before Halstead, we should give a shout-out to Lister. Oh, yeah, Lister! That's right, Lister. Because Lister was the... Finally, someone was like, hey, you guys, like, disease isn't really, like, spread by bad smells or, it's like, the... 
you know. Because we said, like, Pasteur had already invented pasteurization and, like, the germ theory of, like, illness or sickness and that, like, there's actually tiny little microbes that, like, make you sick. Um, and then proved it, and then, like, with pasteurizing milk to, like, make it safe to drink. And people still, doctors still, like, weren't washing their hands, and they, like, weren't they, sanitizing wounds. And so Lister was, like, He was, like, enough, you guys! Enough! Yeah. He was, like, also, I have this knife that's really sharp. <laughs> and, uh, and he came up with the mouthwash, also. Listerine! To, to kill the germs in your mouth. It's so, it's so spicy. It's like a sharp knife <laughs> on your mouth. Uh, um... So, yeah, Lister was like, you guys, please, please, like, actually washing your hands. He wasn't about washing your washing your hands, per se. He was about, um, instead of asepsis, he was, like, antiseptic. So he was like, let's kill the germs instead of let's get rid of the germs, right? So he okay. was like, you got to soak your hands in carbolic acid for like 10 minutes before you, oh. <laughs> you soak your hands until they're just bones and then you can do surgery um and he didn't he wasn't like use you know because most of the, the surgical practices today are based up yes they're sanitizing but there's also like like cover your hands with gloves and then like you know anything that touches the wound like oh has true. to be you if know you it's not like before it even touches the yeah wound, it's not like let's on it let's uh you know, let's kill the germs. It's like, let's just keep the germs away from stuff first, mm. first of oh, all, okay. off, right? But Lister was like, kill the germs. We have to kill all the germs. Um, and uh, William Stewart Halstead was like, I like this guy. I'm all about this. And uh, he was like, I love surgery and I will do surgery at whatever hospital well, let me. Um, okay. So he was just doing surgery all around the city, except um, the He was an American. He lived in New York. He did. Okay. Uh, and the hospitals had to be clean enough for him, though, to, to do his surgeries in. So he was like, you know, he was like, I'm cutting edge. I got to <laughs> I got to have like a very clean uh, emergency room. And apparently... Bellevue was so filthy and they just would not like he was like, oh, my God, I killed the germs. And then you you sneeze and, you know, we're back to square one. Uh, so he had a tent. It was too gross. Yeah. He had a tent built outside, um, like in the courtyard. And he would do his he was like, I can keep this tent clean. I will do my surgeries in here. Um, if you watch the Nick, uh, uh, it's an awesome show. It has Clive Owen. It's really good. Um, the Clive Owen character is based on Halstead. So Halstead also discovered that uh, cocaine could be used um, as kind of like anis local anesthesia. Um, and he kind of got addicted to cocaine. Yeah. Um, after that, I, I have, should I? But the, the paper that he wrote about using cocaine as an anesthetic Yes. Uh, which I'm somehow, gonna... I guess just because of his great reputation as a surgeon, managed to get published yes. without major editing. But he's clearly really high on cocaine. So Ariel's pulling it up. She'll read to you from, I don't know what journal this was. It was the American Medical Journal. The American <laughs> Medical Journal. Okay, published this. Yeah. Yeah. So about he, 100 years ago, but like not that long it's ago. It's in 1884. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, he, well, he read 
he read a medical record that there was an eye doctor who put cocaine, like he injected cocaine in someone's eye. He was able to do surgery without the person feeling it. And he was like, great. Um, you know, I'm an eye doctor. I, I want doctors to actually see if they can, this works on other parts of the body. And Halstead was like, I would love to be that doctor. So yeah, he, uh, so it, sorry, in 1922, uh, wait, when did he? I'm looking for the sentence. Sorry, the publication was in 1885. Sorry, that was like okay. a bunch of dates. Um, <laughs> so here's the first sentence. The first sentence in this in this article. Neither indifferent as to which of how many possibilities may best explain, nor yet as to a loss to comprehend why surgeons have, and that so many, quite without discredit, could have exhibited scarcely any interest in what, as a local anesthetic, had been supposed, if not declared, by so very (laughs) sure to prove, especially to them, attractive. Still do I not think that this circumstance or some sense of obligation to rescue fragmentary reputation for surgeons rather than the belief that an opportunity existed for assisting others to an appreciable extent induced induced me several months ago to write on the subject in hand of the greater part of somewhat comprehensible paper, which poor health disinclined me to complete. (laughs) So there you go. Yeah, so he... He did eventually die from his cocaine addiction. No, he just died. He just died regular. Oh, he did regular die. He died. He died just being addicted to cocaine. And he, he got a bunch of other doctors addicted to it, right? And then they died. Yeah, <laughs> they, a lot of yeah, his contemporaries also thing. died from cocaine addiction. Um, but one really just nice, sweet thing: he invented rubber gloves to save his uh, girlfriend, then girlfriend, soon to be wife's like hands from carbolic. Ooh. Uh, like acid because um, he he had a crush on this nurse and uh and she was like yo my hands this can't take this bullshit yeah, yeah she's like this? i hate this it's ruining my manicure and he was like okay and he called up goodyear and he was like you have rubber can you make some very thin but like you know thin flexible rubber gloves and they were like you got it, dude. And they, and there you go. <laughs> so, nice. yeah. And he gave them to her and then they got married. <laughs> that was his wedding gift. Yes. Nice. His vows were very long, yeah. probably. <laughs> it's just like that. Well, that brings us, that brings us, we're close to the modern day. We're going to talk about, I guess, two major, two more major advances, which mm-hmm. will be the first antibiotics um, so antibiotics were invented by another Alexander, an Alexander Fleming. Uh, and so he was, he's, he is British. Great. He was working in London. The story of his life is really fantastic because he's a chill dude. He's like, yeah, a rare, like really great man who is like very humble, but also brilliant. Um, like all Alex's. Just cool. Like most Alex's. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah, he was, he was like, uh, born into like a, I don't know, a mid-sized family with like four or five kids for like, you know, in Britain in the, the like late 1800s. And then, um, he just had like a, he was like a good student, got a scholarship, but was like 19 and like kind of directionless. And his older brother was a physician. He was like, you should become a physician. So he did and like went to school and like did well and graduated with honors and everything. And then, uh. Like he you had Alex's joined do. <laughs> the rifle club at his school 
um, at St. Mary's in London. And the captain of the rifle team, <clears throat> after he graduated, the captain of the rifle team didn't want to lose him. So he, that guy recommended and pushed that he become a researcher at the college so he could stay on the rifle team. <laughs> and he was like, all right, cool. And he did and became a researcher in like bacteriology. Then war, World War I happened. In World War I, uh, he noticed, here's the key about Alexander Fleming is that he didn't discover so many great things. He was just super observant. It's very cool. All of his discoveries are based on him, like, noticing stuff. Wait, so. was he the guy who, like, was so, the bro who, like, left his lab? So he was very sloppy and not meticulous. He kept good notes, but, like, mostly he's just good at noticing stuff. And that's all you really need to be a great researcher. So he, in World War One, his first, he had, like, three major discoveries in his lifetime. So the first one, in World War One, he realized that they were using antiseptic on all these wounds on the soldiers to, like, kill off bacteria or whatever. And that was actually killing more soldiers than, like, it helped. Soldiers who, like, a medic couldn't get to who didn't get the antiseptic had better outcomes. And he realized this. Mm. And it turned out that the antiseptic was, it, would, it worked great on the surface, but a lot of the wounds had uh, anaerobic bacteria inside the wound, and that would cause infection and kill people. But your body produces its own, like, immune response and the antiseptic was actually wiping out all of your like white blood cells and bacteria. It was like washing them away too. What are they? You what are they dumping in there? They were just really scrubbing, I guess, and like cleaning off with like I don't know turpentine or something Mercury. or alcohol. <laughs> the outside of these wounds, and it made your it made it more likely to get infected. So uh, nobody listened to him. He like published a paper, improved it, and his advisor like got behind it too. And everyone ignored him, and a bunch of people in Order One died from using antiseptic. Um, and then, yeah, he got his job working in a lab and, uh, was very sloppy and routinely would get like weird things landing in his bacteria cultures. And so he discovered, uh, in 1922, he discovered lysosome, which is he, uh, was growing some kind of bacteria and noticed that some mold had grown on it. And, uh, I always like to think he went on like spring, spring break and like left it. That's, like in oh, that's that the actually next one. is okay, the story okay. of penicillin. Okay, yeah. okay, we'll get there. This is he had grown some bacteria and he put some of his own snot. <laughs> into, what are you serious? Yeah, into the tray. That's why you couldn't remember because Alexander Fleming. Yeah, exactly. And he and then he realized that it uh, within like thirty minutes or something, it had like cleared out the bacteria around it, and then he he was like, oh, holy shit, what the fuck? And like, uh, it was the first time somebody realized that the human body produced something that would kill bacteria. And so then they realized that he then tried with, like, blood, semen, tears, sweat, like, every human fluid. He, <laughs> the eight humors. That's so, we, well, so there's a great quote from, from one of his grad students who's, like, he made everyone, he, like, they found mm-hmm. out that tears were very effective. So everybody was just crying constantly. And they ran. And, and jerking off. <laughs> on, onions weren't effective enough, so they were using lemons to make themselves cry, I guess. Like, squirting lemon juice in their eyes. <laughs> they would cry. So he discovered this, this chemical the human body I'm, produces, the first, like, antimicrobial chemical they found that a, a body produces, which is lysosome. And then in 1928, he did go on spring break. He went on vacation and left a bunch of Petri dishes on the edge of his lab bench. And when he came back, various, like, you know, stuff had landed in them, as it always did, because he was so messy. And... uh one of them, yeah, one of them had the, the same, like, pattern, some fungus that was growing, and it killed the bacteria on it. And his famous quote from that day is, that's funny, 
which is <laughs> like remarks by his is just huh yeah <laughs> now one one small step for man one giant leap for mankind he goes that's funny mm. so he showed it to one of his colleagues like a, a lab assistant and they're like oh that's the same way you discovered lysosome uh. like literally said and then it turned out that was penicillin so he isolated the mold and then that was 1928. And the next 12 years are a really great example of him just being like, fuck you, I'm right. Because no one cared. He discovered, he discovered that there was a fungus that would kill like pathogenic bacteria that could kill all these terrible diseases, meningitis. I forget what else. Penicillin's great against a bunch of stuff. Um, and then uh, presented it at a conference and no one cared. And then like... <laughs> kept presenting it he kept like doing papers he kept researching it and he couldn't figure out a way to mass produce it though Mm. so the medical community wasn't that interested but he showed actually it wasn't him but one of his like co-workers or whatever another doctor treated conjunctivitis with it he famously then he was still on the rifle team Mm. the captain of the rifle team got conjunctivitis so got pink eye basically before a meet so he wasn't going to be able to compete and Fleming treated him with penicillin taken from mold that's and cured awesome. his his pink eye so that he could like win that's, the rifle tournament. That's so cool. It sounds like a Rodney Dangerfield movie. Um, so anyway, he he persisted for for twelve years, and then finally in nineteen forty, a different lab was like studying his paper, and and they like figured out a way that they could mass produce penicillin, and he like they published their findings, and he apparently like wrote to them like the next day and was like, I'm coming to your lab. And they, they famously have the quote, Fleming, my God, I thought he was dead. Because mm-hmm. like, no, no one had heard from him. Fleming had gone down this like rabbit hole of like, yeah, just studying about penicillin. So Fleming showed up, worked with those guys. They isolated mass-produced penicillin. They had it ready by 1944 for World War II. And so they'd produced enough for like the Allies. And so they convinced uh, a board of like, you know, the British government or whatever, that, like, we need to make this stuff. And so that's why within just a couple of years, penicillin was everywhere. And Fleming, even from the very beginning, before they even mass-produced it, knew about antibiotic resistance, too. So he has all these famous, like, writings and quotes about, like, I, I like, dread the day when penicillin is, like, available at the corner drugstore because the common worker might just take some but not take enough uh, to cure their illness, and they'll create... Uh, antibiotic resistant bacteria oh well that's so that's like the theory that that people have where they're like you know uh yeah you shouldn't like wash your hands with antibacterial hand soap because you need you don't want to like create bacteria that's like true but that soap mostly just has ethanol in it no but i mean that's like the same vibe right that he was he was like yeah, he, he was like, I don't, I don't want penicillin being prescribed for like anything because then the bacteria are going to get. Yeah, or, or keep it as a prescription that only doctors can prescribe and make sure everyone takes their full dosage. My dad is actually allergic to penicillin. As am I. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm allergic to a couple of antibiotics, which is funny because they're random funguses. But yeah, you can be allergic to them. The fungus, the fungus among us. But there now is. In arms race, yeah, as humanity has to create new antibiotics or new families of antibiotics, and then the bacteria becomes resistant to it. Yeah. But uh, Fleming did, after they had, right when they had started mass producing it in like 1941, I think, uh, Fleming's, it was his his brother's, like, co-worker had meningitis and was, was like, dying, and they got him admitted to St. Mary's Hospital 
injected, uh, it wasn't yet fully processed penicillin into his spinal column. And he recovered within a few days. That's, yeah. So that's what convinced everybody. They were like, oh, wow, this is, a, yeah, a miracle drug. Yeah, because that was, that was like a big, a big thing is that like if you had meningitis, um, they might drill a hole in your skull. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you talk about, we, sh- we should finish up in a bit. You, you okay. Talk about trepanation. I uh-huh. guess. We'll talk about mRNA vaccines and we'll end it there. Yeah. Uh, trepanation, right? So it's when like little, tiny like holes are drilled in your skull. Um, it's been not around. Even tiny. Not like, or big. Or, or like big. Quarter size. Or big. Just holes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been around for a, a, a very long time. It's not something that you should do. Yeah. Um, there's still, there's like a society of people that they're like, let's do it to each other. Um, I read a long article in the New York Times like years ago about it. But yeah, yeah, there's hundreds of people out there who they, drilled holes in each other's skulls. Yeah, and they're like, don't tell your doctor you're doing this because if everyone did it, we'd all be smarter and then the doctors wouldn't have any more work to it's do. It's a really dedicated cult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, that's like a way that... They don't, that you don't puncture your brain. You just you just carve away the skull the frontal, and then it heals over with just skin. Yeah. yeah, the front, like the frontal lobe, which is like the yeah. language language area. Um, oh, this is just an interesting thing. If you do have to have brain surgery, or like if if your skull needs to be punctured for like a real surgery, oh, this is like a fascinating this. thing. Cool tidbit um, here. Because like they'll they'll make the hole in your skull right and. Normally, they would put the the piece of skull back when they're done with everything. Um, but they don't do that right away because they assume that there might be some swelling after the operation. They don't want that to, like, mess up the healing process. So they take that little piece of skull, of skull and they put it in your abdomen so that your body, like, doesn't reject it later on and it keeps it, like, so warm. So remembers it. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah and cool. then, like, a week or two later after all the swelling's gone down, they, like, go back and get it. They put it back. Yeah. So there you go. There's something interesting. That's so funny. Yeah. They're like, we're just going to create a little pocket for you to hold on to this thing. Yeah. You don't. But there is, like, yeah. I, I guess we'll really quick go over psych- psychology. Just the, the psychology of the teeth thing. Hmm? Like, so throughout his medical history, if you were acting psychotic <laughs> um, or just if women were doing acting in ways that like men didn't want them to be acting in, you were thought to have hysteria mm. um, or if you were addicted to drugs, which a lot of people became addicted to drugs because like. You know, morphine was used to like treat yeah. so many things, and they then didn't really have twelve step back then. And then, and then cocaine was used to like treat morphine addiction, and then heroin was used to treat cocaine addiction, and it was like a crazy thing. And people would get addicted, um, but th- people like thought the general consensus was like if you were addicted to drugs, like if you were beyond the physical, if you were able to get past like the physical addiction but you still had like a psychological addiction, you were just a morally bad person. <laughs> um, 
And it was only like criminals who were inclined to like this happening. And I said, there's still a lot of people who hold that viewpoint. Yeah. Actually, which is just kind of sad. Yeah. Why addiction counseling is stigmatized, Um, unfortunately. But, you know, this opened up a whole other branch of medicine, which we will have to do an episode on, which is psychology. We will have to do And addiction, like psychiatric addiction treatment, not just like putting you on drugs because <laughs> it does work but like you know like like yeah. methadone works but also there with don't therapy knock, don't knock boupe <laughs> don't say it the word makes me laugh yeah boupe. um we'll talk real quick uh a shout out to the most most recent like major medical development uh last year was the first mass production of an mrna based vaccine so we talked about vaccines like the, you know, giving someone smallpox. They right? can give you them give a tiny, a, teeny, teeny, teeny A bit. very similar but not deadly virus mm-hmm. that's lesser, right? You can also give someone... A deactivated virus. A deactivated or dead virus, right? Which is what the typical influenza vaccine is. The flu. They, like, give you a version of... They find a dead flu, the flu and then they give you a dead that's flu. dead. Yeah, and they do that for a lot of stuff. That's actually how most vaccines have worked uh, i just i just picture them like finding a dead flu like on the like on the they're like oh i was wondering i was <laughs> like how do they get the dead yeah <laughs> like, i guess they treat it in a test tube it's not fair anyway yeah. they get they get some dead flu uh or Flus deactivated virus particles the, so everybody's in, good in at the, recognizing it yeah but the latest uh actually it's a little dangerous that all of the vaccines <laughs> all of the currently approved vaccines are based on this technology because the vi- coronavirus is mutating but the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines that have been approved to combat coronavirus. This is a re- another reason that it's like especially silly to have objections to the vaccine. I'm going to go out there because this is just a reasonable thing. It's based <laughs> on uh, mRNA, which is the instructions to encode proteins. So what you actually get injected with are tiny pieces of instructions to tell your cells how to build a certain kind of protein. And your cells basically start they don't know any better. They just take the instructions and will build little spike proteins that look like the tips of coronavirus. And your body's like, I should learn how to handle that. And then yeah. your immune system learns to fight it. So in that sense, you're not even getting injected with dead versions of coronavirus. You're just getting injected with basically little blueprints for like how to make a little the piece plans. of coronavirus. Blueprints. It's really cool. It's yeah. a very clever, yeah, a very cool thing. But they... Uh, wasn't developed, I mean, developed just 10 years ago or so and first used commercially last year. Okay, should, we talk, should, we, should, we, should we end on the, the, the deadliest pandemics in history? Just to, And this, I, I'm no, not... I, I want to end on a fun, <laughs> fun medical Oh, that'll fact. be rave, rave review. We got anything else? Um, we got anything more upbeat? The, well, no, 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 this is upbeat, though. I think this is upbeat. This is... Because I, this is something that I was very surprised to to learn, okay. like, right, that. What'd you learn? And I, I'm not saying this is like a denialist or like nice. downplayer of coronavirus, but like when when you're, you're gonna say how few people relatively coronavirus is killed compared to influenza, influenza. or the black plague. Well, but also like. What I was really surprised is because everyone they were like, we're we're gonna have to. <laughs> No one's going to interpret this. <laughs> Wait, can you go, let go me say it, please? It's okay. what I, it's okay. what I like learned the most. That I was I, shocked. Right. I was shooketh. I stand by you. I, stand I mean, by the skull you. and the abs. That was crazy. What you're about to reveal is true. I don't want any 
bloggers out there getting mad at us saying we're trying to downplay coronavirus, which has also been terrible. No, and it's, it's been awful. Yeah, it's ter- it's awful. But here's the thing: when people were people were like, "Oh my god, we have to," when they were like, "We have to quarantine." It's wild. This has never ha- like for the first time. It's like it has happened so many times. Here's before. how I would phrase this: the reason that coronavirus has like killed relatively so many fewer people is because all these mitigation measures have worked really well. So everybody should feel very good for wearing masks yes. and social distancing and watching this show instead of going to the club or something to an illegal rave because here's how bad it could have been. Yes. So yeah, the influenza um, pandemic, which was people know it as the Spanish, Spanish flu. flu. But um, not fair to the Spaniards. Everybody it's, got it. Yeah, it's, it, it is so sad because Spain was neutral, and so they didn't have like a news. Spain block. was neutral in World War One, so they told everyone what was up. They were like, <laughs> "Mad people countries. are dying," and people were like, "Ooh!" The other it's countries Spain. all lied about it. They were like, "Well, we're fine. I don't. We're here just fighting this war, doing really well." So that it was estimated to have killed five hundred million people. Five hundred million people. Um. <clears throat> Four, I think a fourth or a third, fourth of the world's like population. I think there were like two or three billion people at that time in like 1918. So yeah, it killed like a quarter, quarter of the world. Yeah, uh, died from flu, and they had because uh, Spanish flu or influenza that version infected you so much faster. There's the stories of like the victory parades for World War One. Well, the one in Philadelphia. Yeah. <sighs> Like <laughs> New York didn't have one. New York canceled it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Probably FDR was mayor around that time. So <laughs> we have yes. so many things to cover. Um, okay, so influenza killed. Oh, so, I'm sorry. A quarter of the world. Yeah. That, sorry. That the number one was yeah. this. I'm sorry. It was the smallpox one oh. killed 500 million. Mm. The Spanish Spanish flu killed 50 million. 50 million. Okay, um, not nearly as smallpox many. though. Killed the most, most people. That was 18, 1877 to 1977. Just bad people were getting smallpox. Smallpox just wrecking. To 1977? Yes. But they had the smallpox vaccine, like, way b- I guess they didn't Smallpox get- is most often associated with 16th century. Yeah. When it, when it decimated the native population of Mexico, however... It resulted the most casualties during the last 100 years of existence between 1877 and 1977. Smallpox was responsible for the deaths of an estimated 500 million people. Yikes. Yeah. Because it was all over the world, though. There was the Japanese. No, it has a list here. There's the Japanese one, the Mexican one, the Chilean one. Massachusetts had their own. Yeah, David Martinez says there were only 1.8 billion people on Earth in 1918. So 50 million of those people got killed by... Uh, Spanish flu. So then there's the plague of Justinian. Um, then I'm just going to read. That's yeah. only one in 40 people then. That's not too bad. I'm going to go down there. 40 people got killed by Spanish flu. So there's plague of Justinian. Then there was. You got the black plague. Uh, I need the. The black plague is coming. I need the relative number. Black plague, I thought, killed like a third of Europe. It killed 20, uh, 25 million. But there just weren't very many people around back then. Yeah. Uh, well, it's come up again. The Fakie great there is, great-grandma died of the Spanish flu. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was um, 26. So, th- th- so actually, the healthy, mid- uh, not middle age, like, y- 
young, vibrant -er people were at greater risk for the Spanish flu because normally what, um, what, what is it called? The, the, the cytostorm? Cytokine storm? As, as yeah, cytokine storm is when your body's immune system goes into overdrive and then it's one of the like, yeah, it's one of the outcomes of coronavirus uh, is that your your body's immune system kind of goes nuts and your cells basically start leaking, going insane. Uh, yeah, and so the healthier, the healthier you Depends are. Depends on your school district. The healthier you are, the more that your body's like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> and the stronger your immune system is, so yeah. it... So that's what they've so, seen with yeah young people dying of coronavirus. But also the this this with the Spanish flu. Yeah, that's what happened. So like so the very very like sort of young people that were going out and about, not like babies or old people who might be at home. Mm -hmm. uh, these like young people were getting it, spreading it, going to parade, victory parades, the victory parades. Um, but also normally when someone has a mild sickness, they're the ones out and about. And so only the mild version like develops and then the people that are very sick are at home. But during the war, uh, people with mild cases, they were like, and they're like, go, go to the trench, you know, and people with it's, very it's still severe. still not a cool place to hang out, but. People with very severe cases were sent on these extremely crowded trains. Or they're in field hospitals. Yeah. Where you're just putting stretchers all next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it actually had more chance to spread like the the more serious versions of it. So yeah, the way uh, people people tried to treat it with like, like there were a lot of like folk remedies, but I think you know a lot of them had to do with like hot and cold. One of them was like be in a, in like a hot bath and like have like a bunch of ice on your head, and then you know there were there were all these like you know eat eat onions with like maple syrup or something. There's. Um, yeah, getting sent to different climates is like a classic. It's a staple of Russian literature, by the way. Of like every Russian novel, like Tolstoy or Dostoevsky or anything, there's there's numerous sick people whose doctors have told them to go to like the Alps or yeah, to or like, like uh, go to some like seaside Italian town. It was like getting was good air was the thing. The Sound of Music. That's what happened, right? Or like yeah. Heidi or something. Although, given how polluted the cities were back then, it maybe it was really good advice. So maybe yeah. it makes sense. Like, yeah, stop hanging out in. Yeah, in St. Petersburg, where there's just, like, smog everywhere. Um, so Quality wanna... health care. Yeah, go to beach seaside town. So so we covered the major pandemics. Yeah. Well, there's there's also cholera. There was the Great Plagues. There was the, yeah, there are diff various different smallpox Does incidents. this have coronavirus on your chart? It does, but it's... In comparison? It's, like, way down... Uh, yeah. Yeah, other COVID-19. Yeah. It's above Hong Kong flu, which doesn't sound like a real thing. The Europe that sounds, smallpox. That sounds... Swine flu, H1N1. And a, way above swine flu and above yellow fever and above yeah. the Europe smallpox epidemic. Below the Japanese smallpox epidemic. So, good job, everybody, for continuing social distance yes. and wearing your masks. Yeah. And it is a... Yeah, I mean, a... I don't know, one silver lining, I suppose, of coronavirus, the, the mRNA vaccines that we talked about are insanely good uh, compared to any previously developed vaccine, which doesn't get talked about enough. But 95% effectiveness for, for vaccine is incredible. It's never been achieved before. 
and the fact that it was Didn't, developed. Wait. We talked about how it was. Did another Alex develop it? Because if so, I'm just going to. You're done. Uh, I'm out. I, I don't <laughs> believe so. I think I read that Pfizer's version was developed by, it's an immigrant. It was like a Turkish or Indian immigrant to Germany, actually. And then the Moderna one was de- developed, I think, by some American scientists. Oh, are antibacterial hand washes better for COVID? Well, COVID isn't a very surfacey no, no, thing, it's a, though, that, right? That is a good question because, actually, it doesn't matter that much. Uh, an interesting thing about COVID is it's a, it's a uh, virus. It's not a bacteria. And so viruses are actually little grease balls that basically constrain, contain instructions for self-replicating. They enter your cells and take over your cells and tell your cells to make the, more viruses. I know it's wrong, but I'm picturing um, like the mucinex guy, like yeah. the mucinex but, uh, mucus. A bacteria is a little microscopic animal. With a hydrophilic right? tail and a lipophobic head. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I learned that in aesthetic school. <laughs> so because a, a virus is a little grease ball with instructions to copy itself, soap just regular soap is super effective at, do, at destroying it because soap, as you said, hydrophobic hat or had and tail, tail lipophobic no, opposite. Hydro, oh, I had it right. Hydro, hydrophilic. Hydrophilic head, lipophobic tail. Right. The tail likes grease. The head likes water. So mm-hmm. soap is really great at ripping apart grease particles. So that's why regular hand washing soap is actually more effective than an antibacterial hand uh, sanitizer. Antibacterial stuff will work because it has ethanol, which has similar properties, but soap is actually the best thing to kill a Just virus on the surface. makes the viruses slip right off. No, it, it actually right? like or, oh, rips physically them apart. rips them apart yeah. and kills them. It's really My gruesome on a microscopic <laughs> level. Um, that process takes about 20 seconds. That's why they tell you to wash your hands for 20, for 20 seconds. seconds. But uh, oh. when you get a good lather going... The little soap particles are actually like, <laughs> yeah. That's the the noise. The That's sound the noise it yeah. makes. Um, um, but it's not even spread through surfaces do- that much anyway. Uh, it's a respiratory. Yeah. <laughs> it's spread through through tiny droplets. Eco friendly soap. No, oh, it's great. Your eco friendly soap is is it's really great. great. Your yeah. yeah, and your mat like masks are they're great because you don't. Well, and so as. People might not know this, actually. The masks, the really effective thing is that, yes, they have been shown to reduce the chance of somebody getting the virus, but masks primarily work through keeping you from spreading, like, large droplets. So because with coronavirus, it's like half of people are asymptomatic and have it and don't know it, by wearing a mask, you're really looking out for everybody else who you might be exposed to. And so everybody wearing a mask takes care of everybody else. It's, a very, it's really a common courtesy thing. Yeah. Although it does also help reduce the chance that you'll get it. And so it's like, good on both levels. How many people have like not gotten sick at all this year because we had masks on? It's pretty cool. Yeah, there was a there was a famous uh like case of the two hairdressers in like Houston who were diagnosed with <laughs> that, coronavirus. I didn't know it was Houston. Yeah. Oh. They had seen like like over hundred and fifty people in the previous <laughs> week, but they wore masks and followed like safety protocols and like wore masks and gloves. While just doing hair and talking to them, none of their like clients got sick. Face the giant droplet. Yeah, so masks are really great. Um, Dave Ray Martinez has antibodies. Good news there too. I just read there's a preview study in Nature that says antibodies probably last for years. True, true that. Um, and there was just a recent 
paper in Science a couple weeks ago that no that that showed that they last at least eight months. And now there's a new like draft nature paper that says they probably last for years. So it's great. It is. What? Uh, oh, there was like another fun. Yeah. <laughs> what was the fun? Because you said you went to Anana. Another positive. fun virus factoid. Positive note. Uh, positive. Oh yeah. What's happening on Saturday? Oh yeah. We should do our plug. Ah. Masks are sexy as well. It's, it is surprising that masks weren't previously a cool fashion accessory. Um, yeah. I'm like. Hmm? Yeah. Because do if it, you. Do you know what I'm doing? Cover your. Yeah. Well, yeah. don't like, so, you know, some people can still hear you though. Oh, if you're like a mask. Yeah, make a mask. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever been to an Asian country, particularly Japan, or hung out in like Chinatown or uh, like people wear K-town, masks because they really help with like your nose contour. They make it so much shorter. Long before coronavirus, people were wearing masks as a common courtesy to not get other people sick when you were when you were sick. It's always it's been a thing. Yeah. So um, uh, I'm glad America has finally caught up with uh, East Asian fashion. But if you, but I think if you, I think they'll stick around. If you wanna, if you wanna like feel like you're out at like a cool club, but like don't maybe want to wear a mask, but like don't want to contribute to the spread of COVID nineteen, you can tune in on Saturday because we're gonna throw a, a two. It's just us two, and we're gonna throw a rave for you to join at home. Yeah. Saturday night we're throwing a. We dropped a ball. On them. Yeah, but you know that was we've since made you know we've since made amends. We helped rebuild their economy. We felt bad. <laughs> and Nagasaki. Yeah. Um, okay, gotta focus on our plugs. So. Yeah, what's the theme gonna be? Medicine. Medicine. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna cover like and it's gonna be like an aerial rave too it's an aerial rave so i'll be playing two and a half hours of music starting Amazing 9 p.m music. saturday uh all all of them like jams like good bouncy beats but uniquely yeah like the like theme. we're gonna we're gonna you deal with a like dj set about medicine no. yeah have you ever seen an aerial like three aerial like ambient sets about different medical people <laughs> no. maybe maybe but you're but you're about to Maybe, see that we again. Maybe produced a similar show yeah. previous. Um, so we're gonna be covering okay. like the ancient olden timey old old olden timey you're times. You're gonna be a Hippocrates. Yeah. And uh, uh, what you're gonna be some some yeah. Victorian. Some scary Victorian scary barber Victorian dentist, barber teeth puller, demon barber. Nice. Sexy. And then dark. And then you're gonna be. <laughs> What, a personal shout out to, oh, uh, to healthcare workers. To healthcare workers, like a like a cute, a cute little sexy like latex nurse <laughs> on a bowl. <laughs> nice. On an aerial bowl. Yeah. All right. Medicinal. Mm-hmm. Well, that's your medicine. I prescribed yeah. to you <laughs> to watch Rave Review. Yeah. And what are you gonna you're gonna have some cool stuff play, being played behind you? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna break out the green screen. We'll have some great uh, footage of medical operations. No, I'm just kidding. You, I'm not gonna play yes. that. I would be grossed out looking at it. Uh, we're gonna play like medical dramas, probably. We're gonna do. Oh, we didn't play our game of House MD. <laughs> we'll do oh, that. Oh, ha- yeah. Uh, yeah, episode of House MD. What it should be wonderful. It's Faithy Dark. When we do it in person, when we get a live cast. You're gonna be in it. You're in it. You're this in it. This one's. This one has to be a distanced rave. 
It is great. But you, if Until, you tune in on Twitch, yeah. though, Dr. Rogers will talk with you the entire... I will. He'll we be DJing a, with one a, hand. We get a chat room going. And chatting with the other hand, he'll be like this. It's a nice little social club. It'll be like he's doing surgery because it's how you do surgery. And we'll see you guys soon. As soon as Joe Biden gets that vaccine rolled out, things will be good. Yeah. We'll see you in person. But until then, we'll see you this Saturday at 9 p.m. and next week on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Yeah. And yeah, the Saturday thing is great on twitch.tv slash secret Because uh, then you can get the green screen. But also on Instagram, should we play ourselves? Let's. I'm gonna play us out with this very scary. With song. our scary, with our scary song that I, yeah. Yeah. Friend, my yellow friend. <laughs> Just to take the thing. Ah. Oh, we have to yeah. bring our friend, my our other friend. The shook is very dark. Yeah. That means my yellow friend already taking the back. Yeah, that's my friend Mark. <laughs> it's so intense for a pretty upbeat show. Good night, everybody. Oh, wow. Thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs> eat the heart, eat the heart. Oh, wow.